Good afternoon, Your Honor, and may it please the Court. Adam Landis from Landis, Rathbun, Cobb on behalf of FTX Trading Limited and its associated debtors. Um, we have one matter on the agenda today, Your Honor, which may seem a little unusual considering how uh, we come to court before. Um, item number one is the debtor's motion for entry of an order approving uh, procedures and uh, subsequent sale in connection with those procedures of certain trust assets. Um, uh, Ms. Cransley from Sullivan and Cromwell will present the motion and argument today, and I will yield the podium to her. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Um, Your Honor, as Mr. Landis indicated, there's only one item on the agenda, and that's the sale motion at docket number 3660 for entry of an order approving procedures for the sale of shares in certain third-party statutory trusts and the sale of these assets free and clear of liens, interest, claims, and encumbrances. Your Honor, we had three declarations filed in support of the motion, two with the original motion, one from Mr. Ed Mosley attaches Exhibit B to the motion, and one from Mr. Stephen Kurz attaches Exhibit C to the motion, and a supplemental declaration from Mr. Mosley filed in connection with the debtor's reply at docket number 4108. Both Mr. Mosley and Mr. Kurz are in the courtroom today, and at this time the debtors request that the three declarations be moved into evidence. Okay, is there any objection? They're admitted without objection. Thank you, Your Honor. Your Honor, we received informal comments from the United States trustee and two filed objections to the motion. We were able to consensually resolve both the informal comments from the United States trustee as well as the limited objection from BlockFi. These consensual resolutions were reflected in the revised form of order filed as Exhibit A to the debtor's reply at docket number 4107. With respect to the U.S. trustee's comments, we added in additional reporting requirements with respect to these sales in paragraphs 2A and 2E. With respect to BlockFi, we agreed to include additional language in paragraph 6 to clarify that to the extent that BlockFi has a valid lien on the assets, then BlockFi will have a lien against the proceeds from the sale of the assets with the same validity, priority, force, and effect subject to the party's rights, claims, and defenses. As the Court's aware, the debtors contest the validity of BlockFi's liens and that dispute will be resolved in due course, but not in connection with this motion. This leaves the remaining objector, Mr. John Mallon. Your Honor, we reached out to Mr. Mallon yesterday and had a discussion in advance of the hearing to attempt to resolve his objection, but unfortunately we were not able to do so. We anticipate that we will continue to discuss with Mr. Mallon after this hearing to attempt to resolve the issues regarding his claim. Your Honor, as set forth in the motion, we're seeking to sell trust shares in five statutory trusts managed by Grayscale and one statutory trust managed by Bitwise Investment. The debtors are seeking to monetize all of these trust assets in anticipation of making dollarized distributions in connection with the Chapter 11 plan. Mr. Mallon's objection is that he, as the customer of the debtors, holds tokenized shares of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and therefore has an interest in the debtors' grayscale Bitcoin trust shares that the debtors are seeking to sell. He holds tokenized shares, or spot tokens, but not the actual shares of the grayscale Bitcoin trust. Pre-petition, certain of the debtors' non-U.S. customers on the FTX exchange were able to hold tokenized shares, or spot tokens, on their FTX exchange accounts. 
These are tokens where the holder has an interest in the underlying stock, but holds the token and not the actual underlying stock themselves. The underlying stock would have been custodied by a third party. In other words, Mr. Mallon's digital asset that he holds on his FTX exchange account is the tokenized share of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, not the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust assets, which are themselves not digital assets. Those digital assets that Mr. Mallon holds entitle him to a claim for those tokenized shares. Mr. Mallon, in his untimely reply filed today, acknowledges and agrees with these positions. His objection and further reply focus on the validity and the amount of his claim against the debtors. These are not issues for today. Mr. Mallon has a claim on account of his tokenized shares and nothing in the debtor's request to sell the trust assets affects his claim. The debtor's position is that this is a dollarized claim and Mr. Mallon will have the opportunity to object to and to respond to this position in connection with allowance of his claim. Additionally, nothing in his claim prevents the debtors from selling these assets that are held in the debtor's name. Mr. Mallon does not have any entitlement to these particular assets. He references this point in his reply filed today. In paragraph six of his reply, he states that he has a claim against the debtor's assets regarding shares of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and is not particular about which exact shares are used to satisfy the claim. The shares are fungible. As a result, Mr. Mallon has not provided any evidence of a property or security interest for the underlying trust shares the debtors are seeking authorization to sell. This is not a valid property or security interest on the trust themselves. His interest is in the value of the tokenized shares. And Your Honor, the debtors submit that Mr. Mallon is not prejudiced by the sale of the trust assets. To the extent that Mr. Mallon does have any specific interest or claim in the trust assets, paragraph six of the proposed form of order provides that any such interest or claim on the trust assets would attach to the proceeds with the same priority force and effect subject to the debtors and all other parties' rights, claims, and defenses. Additionally, to the extent that Mr. Mallon does have any specific interest in the trust assets, which the debtors dispute, the debtors have satisfied section 363F of the bankruptcy code to sell these assets free and clear. To the extent that Mr. Mallon has an interest, 363F4 is satisfied as his interest is subject to a bona fide dispute with the debtors. And finally, to address one of the points raised in Mr. Mallon's reply filed today regarding his claim in a restart of operations, whether or not there is a future exchange is irrelevant for purposes of this sale motion. Regardless of whether customers will have the option to take distributions on any new exchange in connection with planned distributions, the debtor's Chapter 11 plan provides for dollarized distributions to all customers. To the extent that Mr. Mallon disputes this, this is not an issue for this motion, and Mr. Mallon will have the opportunity to raise objections to this in connection with the plan at the appropriate time. Your Honor, I'm happy to address any questions that Your Honor has. We understand that both the Creditors Committee and the Ad Hoc Committee support our requested relief today. No questions at this time. Let me see if the Committee and the uh, Ad Hoc Committee want to be heard. Well, first let me ask if BlockFi and the uh, U.S. Trustee want to be heard on their resolution of their objections. 
afternoon, Your Honor. Jonathan Lipschey, U.S. Trustee's Office. Uh, as Ms. Cranston said, we worked out our issues with the debtor. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Anything from BlockFi? If not, okay. All right, let me hear from uh, Nick. Good afternoon, Your Honor. For the record, Robert Poppity from Young Conaway, Stargan and Taylor, on behalf of the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors. Um, Ms. Cransley is correct, Your Honor. The committee does support the relief that's requested in the motion. Um, and as to the issues that have been raised um, in Mr. Mallon's papers, um, we defer to the debtors on those, Your Honor, so much closer to those. But we do support the relief requested and believe it's appropriate. Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, Your Honor, and may it please the court. Matthew Harvey from Morris Nichols Arston Tunnel on behalf of the Ad Hoc Committee. Uh, we too support the relief as requested by the debtors. Okay, thank you, thank you Your Honor. Mr. Mallon, are you on the line? Mr. Mallon? Yes, Your Honor, I am on the line. Okay. Can you turn on your camera, please? Alan, this is your opportunity to argue your objection. Um, well, um, Your Honor, the the points that Ms. Cransley raised in her presentation, they're um, essentially affording the same courtesy to uh, myself and others similarly situated that could argue our point further down the line in terms of uh, the proceeds of any, any sale. Um, is uh, something that is you know good in terms of the the points that were relying the objection but i think the thing that needs to be resolved is that the uh the value of proceeds that's it that's it that is attached to the sale because obviously the argument goes to the fact that token holders like myself pursuant to the documentation upon which we purchase the tokens would like to redeem the underlying share because as investors would like to kind of take our own destiny into our hands and deal with the asset that we were promised by the debtors companies before they you know filed for protection in in the court and if the debtors are allowed to sell those assets uh, we don't kind of have that freedom to do what we want with with our shares and the argument there is that the debtors are kind of maximizing the value of the shares in an elevated market and dollarizing our claims or at least attempting to do so at much lower prices and that's kind of inequitable from from that perspective because we're allowed to essentially maximize the value of the estate on a dollarized basis but essentially undermine legitimate claims in the underlying assets that they're selling to make that money um, and dollarizing the claims at the petition date. So that's that's essentially the crux of the objection. Um, but as I've communicated to the debtors um, in my communications, definitely open to discussing however that can be resolved in an equitable way. But if the debtors want to sell GBTC at 3150 and pay us out at $8, and that just doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem appropriate, especially given the exact nature the token products were purchased and the documentation that supported that they could be freely redeemed at any time it seems it it doesn't seem equitable to allow that to proceed but not going to profess that i am learned in bankruptcy procedure but just from a from a from a lay perspective 
if that could be resolved in a way that protects the interest that was promised to token holders and allows value to be returned to the estate, then that is something that could be discussed. And I hope, as elect, uh, Francie, sorry, uh, pointed out, then we would we would like to continue continue discussions. But the, the crux of the objection was the disposal of assets that may be owed to customers um, in a way that dollarization kind of doesn't do justice to. Um, and I'm happy to add any more information if the court requires it or if it hasn't, or if the court has any questions about this objection. But that would be about the totality of what I have to add at this point. Mr. Mallon, how much, uh, how many of these tokens do you hold, and what's the value of them? Um, if it pleases the court, I prefer not to uh, submit that to open court, but happy to engage in discussions after the hearing about that. But it's it's a uh, it's pennies on the value of what the estate is trying to make from these sales. And I think in my reply today, I I did request that debtors make available to genuinely interested customers the information essentially about what underlying shares FTX Europe and FTX Switzerland may have had, may currently have, and at what position within the estate those shares may be, and also a, a, perhaps a, a total valuation of customer claims that are made up in part or in whole by tokens. So we can get a fuller picture of what is the liability here, because it's not, it's not my intention to obstruct proceedings and prevent value being claimed at prices that these shares should be sold at in my non-professional viewpoint but it's so it's not my it's not my desire to prevent the, the whole of creditors in this FTX situation from getting as much as they need to but the, the point of the objection is this is a separate customer class this is a customer class that had to do KYC with FTX Switzerland previously owned Trico GmbH. It was a separate KYC process. You could not trade in these tokens if you did not do this advanced KYC process to become a customer of the broker. And in my opinion, that has to count for something. If the shares are in the estate, this is the wholly owned subsidiary of the FDX trading group. Um, if you look down the chain, it's completely controlled by the debtors. Um, they made promises to customers that if you buy these tokens, they will be backed by the underlying asset. And essentially, that doesn't seem to have been the case. And if it is the case, we would request information about what shares are, hold, are held in the estate. Because if it's a case that we can stop objecting to motions and stop interfering with the process like we, like we are now, um, because we know that our small claims relative to the estate valuation are being protected then great and we would happily welcome resolving it in that fashion such that we know that our interests can be protected because you know, traders are patient and they can wait a long time for things to play out and if, if it's it's just the it would be the certainty of knowing that our claims will be protected in the way that they should be because of the way that the products were sold and marketed and held out to customers and how customer funds were solicited in a particular way claims about the underlying being backed and the KYC procedures, but that can't be uh, for nothing. So that would be the, the the request at this time if, if the motion is to proceed would be that genuine discussions are had to stand this unique customer class and maybe 
perhaps, you know, find a way to resolve this outside of the process? Because I don't have the numbers. I can't imagine as a fraction of the 10 billion, this is a massive customer class. Thank you, Mr. Mellon. Thank you very much, Appreciate that. Yeah, just a few points in response. Um, we are happy to continue discussing with Mr. Mallon and to resolve issues regarding these particular claims. But the debtor's view is that this is not a separate class. This is the same customer entitlement claim. He has a digital asset, which is in the form of the tokenized shares, and that's a claim against the debtors. There's no separate entitlement directly from his tokenized shares to the actual shares we're looking to sell. We're not trying to determine the amount of his claim today. We're happy to continue discussing that to the extent that Mr. Mallon is correct, that it's at $31 instead of some lower amount, the debtors have lots of cash that is available for distribution to all creditors under the plan. Where are the tokenized shares held? They're currently held in a brokerage account, um, in brokerage accounts at EDF Man and at Deltec. And those are not being liquidated? pursuant to this plan? Oh, sorry, the tokenized shares themselves, those yeah. are digital assets that are, I think are held in cold storage. The tokenized shares themselves are in cold storage. Th those are not being sold. Those are not being sold. No, the tokenized shares are not being sold. So anything that Mr. Mallon holds in tokenized shares are going to remain in the cold wallet? That's correct. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mr. Rock, could I make one more point, please? Go ahead, Mr. Malloy. Mal Mallon. Just that the the, the tokenized shares are not really a cryptocurrency in the sense that they had no value outside of the FTX universe. It wasn't like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum that is fungible to the set to the point where it could be transferred and is held in cold storage. As far as I'm concerned, the, the, uh, the tokenized shares, the GBTC token was GBTC USD. That was not something that could be withdrawn from FTX. It's, it was very clear in the documentation that that was something that they were looking at facilitating between exchanges in future if the tokenized share market was to grow that for example finance might have its own tokenized share market where you could get a better price for your token and you might transfer it there to kind of arbitrage a different price opportunity GBTC USD as a token didn't really exist so it would be probably more appropriate to consider it as essentially just a claim like a claim on the estate because I, I, would, I would question whether the GBTC USD token is held quote in full storage because I don't think that was possible under the architecture of the tokens that existed. They were merely representations on a screen essentially, but the, the underlying point is that they were in the documentation promised and held out as being backed by the underlying shares, some or all of which are proposed to be sold in the motion today. I think that's an important distinction that Token holders essentially just have a claim on the underlying slash, a claim at a whatever values to be determined in the future against the estate assets. They're not cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin that can be sent to any exchange and that would have any utility in any way other than just being a claim against the estate. Um, and I think that that's that's an important distinction to draw. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mellon. All right. Um, I'm going to overrule the objection, Mr. Mallon, because I think the debtors have presented evidence to show that they have the ownership interest in the assets that they are going to be proposing to sell. Um, at, the, at the best, you have established that there may be a bona fide dispute as to the ownership of the shares, but under the 
terms of the, of the bankruptcy code, 363F4 specifically, it allows for the debtor to dispose of property of the estate if it is subject to a bona fide dispute. And uh, the debtors can establish that in their business judgment, the disposal of those assets is in the best interest of the estate overall. And the evidence submitted by the debtors uh, supports that conclusion, that this is in the best interest of the estate. And it is um, the uh, bona fide business judgment of the debtors that uh, disposal of these assets uh, will benefit the estate as a whole. Um, I take uh, Ms. Cransley at her word that she will continue to talk to you uh, about uh, this issue and see if there are other ways to resolve your concerns. Um, but at this point, I'm going to approve the motion and allow the debtors to uh, proceed with the uh, procedures that they have outlined for disposing of these assets. Um, any questions? Okay. Uh, Mr. Mallon, just one other thing. I know you, you talk about um, that you are, you are speaking on behalf of other similarly situated parties, but uh, because you are appearing pro se and we have no class action uh, at this point, um, I can only allow you to speak on behalf of yourself and nobody else. So I just want to make sure you understand that. Uh, you, you cannot speak for other people um, in connection with these proceedings. Um, That's a Judge, apologies for my misspeaking. Um, just, just to note that there are other people like this, and more to highlight that there's a there's a customer class out there. But uh, in future, I will only speak on behalf of myself. I understand. I, I would suggest if you if you can get other folks together, um, that it would be in your best interest uh, to try to retain counsel to help you through this process because it can be uh, complicated and onerous and. Uh, it certainly would be beneficial to you to have counsel to help walk you through these issues. Um, it might also help with discussions with the debtors if you're if they're dealing with uh, knowledgeable counsel about the issues as well. Um, anything else before we? Okay. All right. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, we are adjourned, and uh, everyone have a great weekend.